This podcast was recorded for the Sound Environment Show on Radio Galari. Radio Galari is a community radio station based in the Kimberley, Western Australia. For more information, go to www.galari.com. We have in the studio tonight Matthew Middleton. He's from Bezottled. Um, how are you going tonight? I'm oh, very well, thank you, Kat. Well, look, thank you so much for coming into our show to talk with us about native bees. You're a bit of an expert, and we know that you're not in um, Broomtown for very long, so we've managed to catch you, which is great. How, how was it, um, Matthew, that you got interested in native bees? Okay, so about in the mid or early 80s, I was visiting some friends at a stock camp in uh, the Territory, and the stockmen sighted a, a, a bush hive, and they came back and they cut it down, and it was a big old bloodwood, and they took it to the workshop, and they poked some wire in it, and for the next three or four days this really delicious honey drained out of this log and I'll never forget the taste and I was hooked. Really? Yeah, so after that, when I became a remote area nurse and worked on several of the communities up here, the old people would take us out and we'd go and find sugar bag or whatever the local name was. So the, the hives have different names depending whether they're in trees, in rocks or in the ground. And it was a favourite pastime for my wife and the kids to go out with the old people. Mm-hmm. And, but in those days, and, and, and even today, the, the people eat the whole hive. The whole hive? Yeah, so they what eat... Do you, do you mean, um, I guess, is it waxy, like a European bee? There's all sorts of substances. Um, you know, my favourite's the pollen and the honey. Ooh. But the people used to eat the, the grubs, the larva and everything, and it was a bit spit out the wax and because I was learning how to play the didgeridoo I, you know I like the wax yeah. because that's the wax they use for didges too mm. I imagine that um, eating all of those parts of the hive would have been had huge hugely beneficial nutritional content yeah you're, you're yeah. absolutely right and there's lots of scientists around the world doing research on the properties of of the propolis which is the wax and other hive material apart from the pollen and the honey mm. So, Matthew, how many species of native bees are there in Australia? Well, I think the last count was about 1,600 and and rising because they're finding new species all the time. Most of those, of those 1,600s, are solitary bees. Solitary? Yeah, so they go and live their life cycle by themselves and they find a mate and then have one night stand and see you later. (laughs) And there's about 12 um, species that colonise, socialise, they make a community, they look, they have lots of babies and they, make, and they produce honey and they're the ones that I'm interested in. Mm. Well, that's interesting because I guess when we think about bees, often it's synonymous with an animal that works together in a hive and I, I didn't realise there were solitary bees as well. So. Mm. But it sounds like this um, hive behaviour is very specialised. Yeah. It is very specialised, and but also all those solitary bees, just the mass of them, the pollination that they're doing for all the plants in our gardens, but also in the bush, they're, they're the unsung heroes. So they're just as important as the European honeybee in, in pollinating plants around town and on farms? and. Well, I, I think they're more important because they're little Aussies. Mm. Yeah. Um, and some people believe that the, the European bees are actually... Um, don't coexist well with the native bees because they're so such a workhorse that they rob a lot of the pollen sources. So some people think that. Yeah, right. Mm. And Matthew, you were in town. Uh, sorry, last week when you were in town, <laughs> you gave a talk which was organised by Incredible Edible about native bees. Can you tell us a bit about 
um, what you covered in the talk and okay. what, how people reacted to yeah. it. So a lot of people are interested in native bees at the moment because they have a veggie garden, they've got the chooks in the backyard, they're not interested in stingless bees, but they hear about the problem that the, that the European bees are having around the world and they want to do their bit to, to save the bees. So a lot of attention is going on to the Australian stingless bees, which people can have in their backyard, they can produce a little bit of honey, kids love them, the neighbours love them, um, and they're saving these little Aussies. And because there's, you know, like I said, about a dozen different varieties around Australia, they're very popular, very popular addition to the backyard and, and the pet list. So imagine having up to 10,000 of these bees in a mm-hmm. hive. Imagine counting them in every night like you do with the chooks. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's, it's quite amazing, really, that um, you know, the European bees so popular still given that the native bee has these advantages as you say it's stingless and um you know it helps support our native ecology how many what kind of increase have you seen in people you know taking up native bees in their backyards okay um in my experience i've been i've been um working with native bees for about 20 odd years now and each year the number has doubled really wow so I get phone calls and practically every day people wanting native bees because because of all the other things happening to European bees, hive collapse, chemicals, um, the lack of lack of um, free European pollination in yards, people are wanting these native bees to do the pollination and that's why as, as this dilemma unfolds for the European bee, the popularity of the Australian native bee is increasing so... Um, I read a paper today, a scientific paper, saying that yeah, basically every year the number of hives sold is increasing and the number of hives being split and made is increasing, doubling each year for the last 20 years. And if you wanted a hive in your backyard, could you just go out in the bush and find one and bring it into your house? Is it easy to find? Or? Hey, that's a really good question. So I don't advocate going out into the bush mm. and then chopping down a hive. Mm. You know, certainly a lot of the locals do that, you know, because that's their bush tucker. But I certainly don't uh, recommend that because it upsets the balance. I would certainly recommend if there was a, a spot that's been cleared for a house or development, certainly go and ask someone, can you go and check the trees? Because they fly under the radar. Most people don't think of looking for hives in the bush if it's been cleared. They bulldozers come in, they burn it all, and there could be, you know, there could be a lot of hives that have been damaged there when they could be saved. And yes, you can put your little log um, in your backyard and. and come bringing it from the bush into town that they would love it because of all the food the the different variety of food sources available to them so that big land clearing we've got happening out there near the crab creek road could potentially be native beehives through that area that oh there is moved yeah that's right yeah i've seen bees out there you know i pulled up on the side of the road on the highway and looked at a flower and that's and getting back to that other question how do you find these yeah, bees yeah. in the bush mm. go to the flowers yeah and usually first thing in the morning when when there's a bit of heat because they they stay in the hives keeping the babies warm and after over about 18 20 degrees they're out foraging for pollen so if there's not a lot of flowers then they conserve their energy and wait till there's a food source but if there's flowers you check the flowers in the morning if there's bees there then you'll be guaranteed to be a hive within 500 meters Wow. Mm. Mm. And once you've uh, 
uh, perhaps you've found your your hive of native bees out in an area that was going to be cleared or that was cleared what, what do you do to take care of those bees is it different um, the, is the care for native bees different to the care for european bees yeah totally different so again probably once you've got that log you'd need to plug up the ends with paper bark um, a readily available material uh, to stop ants getting it and then heat so the, these, these species you've got up here in the Kimberley are really hardy. They're tough little buggers. Um, and a lot of people are really interested in, in them because they can survive these great temperatures um, where other bees, like my Queensland bees, would, would melt <laughs> in these temperatures. <laughs> so block up the end, stop the ant trails, maybe hang them off the ground, again also to stop ant trails, and then put them in a spot where you get a little bit of morning sun and then mottle shade. Um, to, to protect them. Mm. Great. Oh, well, look, it sounds like there's a huge, fascinating world of native bees out there that's mm. um, unfolding and becoming more and more popular. If people are interested in finding out more about native bees, like how should they, I don't know, who should they get into contact to? Oh, well, they could certainly look at our website on the, on the, on the web, you know, bazotta.com, but there's a wealth of websites out there about native bees. Um, and like I said, there's more and more scientists researching them all the time. Yeah, great. Right. Yeah. Look, uh, Matthew Middleton from Beezotted, thank you so much for talking to us here on Sound Environment. Mm, thank you, Kat. Be good, behave. <laughs> <laughs> Be funny. That's right. <laughs>